It's like it's like when we did our first our first uh, release, and you guys threw it up on CFB off topic, and <laughs> and somebody like somebody commented on it like, "Is that centuries on recorder?" <laughs> still like my proudest moment. I still tell that story all the time. Well, I can't take any credit for it. It's mostly you guys. But nah, this is this is from the beginning. This has been a team effort. It is 100%. a collect. It is a collective effort of putting in half the effort and running old jokes into the ground. My name is David. I'm Lodge Blackman. And I would like to be a chair umpire for the next Grand Slam tournament. (laughs) You know he only got paid $660 for that? He got paid $660? Come on, you gotta at least throw in an extra six for the joke. It would have been more appropriate. I know, but I'm reporting the fact, not... uh... I, I would have I would have tipped them six dollars just for the joke. Hi <laughs> guys, can we round this up, please? Yeah, I'll round Thank it you. to the nearest six. Oh, I, actually, <laughs> I was wrong. It was six hundred and thirty-three dollars. The uh, actual amount that Carlos Ramos was paid for the final. I mean, this wouldn't be our podcast if we ever knew everything accurately. That's true. We just kind of wildly bloviate about random nonsense that we know nothing yeah. of. Did you know that he got paid sixty thousand dollars? <laughs> Sorry, like... I'd like to make a correction. Uh, it wasn't actually fifty thousand; it was actually fifty-five dollars. <laughs> I, I feel like the six hundred and thirty-three dollar payment was like him actually the getting the gig after somebody else said. So there's no job now, but I'm gonna send. <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of crazy, right? Like getting paid for to officiate a final of a major of anything feels like you should uh, get paid to you know not throw things. Well, like, if, you, if, you, if I'm getting paid six hundred thirty dollars to do that, and someone has come came up to me like, "Hey, if you uh, give some really bad officiating, I'll give you ten thousand dollars," I'd be like, "Hell yeah, let's do this. Let's make this happen." You are a bad, a dumb person because. Uh, I would have done it for five thousand. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe that's. Are you are you hinting that there's a cons- like a, a conspiracy? No. I'm not hinting that there was one, but I, I'm hinting that there could be one if you pay that amount. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why we pay senators absurd amounts of money. It's so that way they can't be bought. Obviously, it didn't work, but that was the idea. Behind it. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, did y'all hear about this new Cook Brothers uh, super pack? Cook or Coke? Coke, whatever. I don't know. C O C H. No. Yeah. So they they previously their soup their like political donation machine. Political um, action committee. Uh, I think it was just a regular pack, 
Oh, it wasn't a super pack. I don't really know the difference. I don't really know the difference, honestly. I should, but I don't. Um, And it was, like, unable to, like, they they could only hit a certain amount of donations, and so they changed the structure so that they're not subject to certain nonprofit laws, so they can sink four hundred million dollars into the upcoming elections. Woohoo! Yeah, so that's all gonna go to Facebook advertising. Well, jokes on them. I don't hang out on Facebook. <laughs> oh, what a joke! Not gonna get me. I'm also Whoa. not currently registered to vote. I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah see, jokes, jokes on you because you're a millennial. You don't vote. Yeah. yeah. Jokes on all of us. Maybe we could just, just make an there. app for that. We just sit on Twitter complaining all day. Yeah. Pretty much. Speaking of complaining all day, let's just get right into it. Uh, David, how's the soccer season going? <laughs> This is the international break, actually. Um, so there was no EPL. Um, there were a couple MLS games, um, but they get away with it because their players don't usually play on international Wait, teams so, anyways. So we, right now we're in a week where there is an international ceasefire for soccer? Um, <laughs> not, not quite how I would put it, but... Do they, I, I do they all take off their cleats and lay them down on the ground? Uh <laughs> All twenty. We are all united in this moment. <laughs> Sign None. of mutual respect. <laughs> what happens? They play, 20, they play twenty-one guns by Green Day. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. See, so you saw where I was going with it. They, um, <laughs> they basically what happens is every few, I, I want to say few months or so, um, they're all of the leagues pretty much have like a week gap. And the players that play on national teams get called up and go play in some some kind of either tournament or you know mini invitational or something like that. Um, right now, it's I think it's called League of Nations. I don't really follow it that much because if it's not World Cup and it's not uh, League of Nations, I think that's what it's called. But I I don't know. That's what the original United Nations was called. Oh, maybe that's I don't know. it's it's in Europe. It's mostly the European people are doing it. So some people like. Um, so what is the League of Nations? Perfect. Um, League of Nations soccer. Let's see if that comes up. Somebody who knows uh, history listening oh, to this podcast is going to be it's giving me high UEFA <laughs> Nations League. Wow. So there's. Looks like it says 55 teams in Europe. There's also a. Uh, I believe a Concacaf one, which is you know our area. Um, was it all? Was the UEFA Nations League also not ratified by the U.S. Congress, despite arguments from Woodrow Wilson? Um, I don't. Know. Yes. Wait. No. It probably just wasn't ratified because it's soccer. <sighs> we get all bitchy about that as Americans. Um. They, yeah, all of that to say there's a week off. Um, so I haven't got to complain about, I've got nothing more to complain about Mourinho, except that all of his players look like they're doing great for the national team. Didn't, is this the same guy that you wanted to fire? I still want to fire him. Ah, all right, just making sure. Yeah, he had a win, he got a, a decent win against Burnley, who's not a great team. And everybody. The what? 
Was it Burnley Sanders? No. Oh, um, I'm just I'm trying to engage in soccer. To, I don't know know much about soccer. I'm like I recognize no, they, some words. I'm trying. They were not the Burnley Sanders. I or, believe, or just one Burnley Sanders. But an old chip. They did it. Uh, they beat them, and everybody kind of calmed down. Like, oh, he's he's under control. Maybe we overreact. And I'm still sitting here like, no. Pogba still looks like trash, and he was fantastic with France. I Again, I still don't think that he's that great, but he was significantly better with France than he is with Manchester United. He's your star player. He's the one you paid the most money for. You should be doing something to feature him. You also should be playing Rashford more, and there's no reason to pay Alexis Sanchez the amount of money he's getting if you're not going to actually put him on the field and then keep him there so that he can you know, get, get some momentum. And there's no reason to keep Martial if you're not going to use him. Send him off somewhere you can get, you know, I mean, in the tens of millions of dollars for him. If you're just going to keep him on the bench. I don't understand why. So, Do you think it's like a power status symbol? Like, look, we can afford all these people who aren't really doing anything, but we just have the money for it. Gosh, I hope that's not it. It, it easily could be, but I really hope it's not. There, there are plenty of teams that have like you know super big benches, but it's because they play in you know these extra tournaments where they need more players. Well, United does that where they play in these other play um, tournaments. Except he doesn't really look like he even knows who his best team is. So it's a different like. Having depth to be able to bring people in at later times is significantly different than trying to figure out what is actually depth and what is your starting. That it's you know, it's being it's being on the on uh, the I'm tr- trying on, to think how on, you'd say on the juice. Well, uh, it's like it's like being what's a good way? I'm trying to think of a good metaphor. Yeah, I don't have one. It's gone. Um, yeah. I'm still, I'm still just pretty demoralized about Manchester United's prospects. Um, but we had a week off, so I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. Instead, you got to think about your fantasy football teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks like. Uh, well, let's see. It looks like it's going to be four and two. Although, man, Mr. Marshawn Lynch still has time to fuck that up for me. <laughs> let's go, Marshawn. Let's play. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Thirteen more points out of him, and I'm donezo. Should we should we talk about week one of the NFL? I think we should. I think we should. Your guys' teams opened up against each other, and you—I uh, know Jay was golfing with me, so we we missed that. Did you catch it, Kira? I I caught um, like about most of the second half, um, which was particularly interesting. I mean, it was it was kind of interesting to see them very evenly matched up until the final moments. I honestly, like, I don't know if it was that I didn't anticipate it or that there were like some other missed opportunities but i mean they look pretty good then again i had also spent like a lot of the past two weeks watching a lot of college football where like Mm. nobody can do anything right so i was just like oh wow look at that they like they executed that's so good i I gotta say i had some really mixed emotions on it because it was like hey royce freeman got a touchdown awesome 
Shit. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's... Yeah, I'm excited with Royce. Um, he's looking good. I'm not super excited about mm. Case Keenum, though. Like, he, he did nothing to convince me that he was, like, gonna do a fantastic job this year. Yeah, you, so I'm and looking at his stats. I, I like Case Keenum, honestly. Like, he, you know, people, a lot of people put him like, oh, he's not a great quarterback. But I think he's perfect for what he does. He is a game manager you quarterback. Are like, you are, you just, you're breaking up a lot. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I, I had it. Um, oh, okay, cool. I'm just breaking up with Kira. That's all. Um, Thanks, Wait, what? Shit. We had, a good, we, we had a good run, honestly. But, I you know, our snaps. Sh- exactly. And then it all went to hell. Um, um, on, on Keenum, though, I mean, did you see his stat yeah. line? I, I know it doesn't tell the whole story, but did you see his stat line? I did not. 25 39. Ah. 329 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. See, but that's that's said, fine. First, it doesn't first tell of all, the whole I think story, that's, but yeah, I don't think that's terrible. It's not the best, but it's obviously not terrible. Um, the thing that I like about Keenum is he's very much a game manager, and a lot of people use that as like a swear word, basically, like, oh, he's not a great quarterback, he's just a game manager. It's like, you know, who the best game manager in all of football is Tom Brady. That is the peak of a game manager quarterback. That's the kind of guy you want. Russell Wilson is a game manager most of the time. You want that guy that is going to look at the situation, figure out what he needs to do, and just milk the clock, going to move down the field. He's. I, I think Keenum doesn't get enough credit for what he actually does. I no, like he it. did a really good job. He, I mean, that's the thing is like he did a great job of distributing the ball pretty evenly, like looking mm-hmm. downfield and like scouting his options, which was really cool. That's why he had like a couple of those really great long passes because he's able to capitalize on those opportunities. Yep. It's fine, but like, and and it, it was really cool to see him actually pretty evenly matched with Russell Wilson, like because mm-hmm. Russell's a very respected quarterback and he's fine. It's just, I mean. We don't need to be glitzy or glamorous to do anything like that, but you know, I was I was record. I think Keenum actually has a very good record against Russell, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I was really excited about seeing Emmanuel Sanders do really well because I was a little worried. (laughs) I was really Mm -hmm. excited that our offense got to Russell. What this is six? So yeah, six sacks. That's pretty fucking cool. Like Mm -hmm. that was neat. Uh, we didn't recover any of the fumbles that we lost, that we forced, but that, or no, we recovered one of them. Yeah. Thanks, Von Miller. Here's the thing mm-hmm. I get concerned about for Seattle, though. You guys took six sacks on the game. It's a rebuilding year. Um, I mean, and, and <laughs> he got he got hit eleven but, times. Yeah, I mean, but that's standard. <laughs> For to rebuild his I I know, but I keep looking forward to the year where it doesn't become or remain standard. See, it's here's got, the thing: it's though, come like, eventually. When, they, when the Seahawks were at the at the <clears throat> pinnacle of what they were, we didn't have the best line. We had a serviceable line. Russell True. can do great with a serviceable line. So yeah, they let they let up six, and that's not okay. I agree. But if they let up just a little bit less than that. There's plenty to work with in the backfield. You got Rashad Penny, who uh, who is very elusive out of the backfield. Uh, even Chris Carson had a lot of good views. Uh, and then Russell Wilson, you know, that's what he is made for is 
getting pressured and making things happen. That's why we have him. That's why we don't invest in the offensive line that much because we're like, shit, we got Russell Wilson. And that was fantastic when we also had Marshawn Lynch because Marshawn Lynch would get hit on average one to three yards behind the line of scrimmage, depending on what year it is. And he would still work those extra yards. That's where the real issue has come is that we don't have that power runner that we had in Marshawn Lynch. So as a result, either we have to get another Marshawn Lynch, which is a very tall task, or we just have to get a slightly better line. Um, so a slightly better line is more manageable. Exactly. And then the other thing that I, I liked about it, it, yes, they needed to play a little bit better. But what, we're, what they've done is with the, with the new OC, he's brought in a zone blocking scheme, um, which caters to a weaker line as in any time that you have a zone, you just have to play it a little bit smarter. Um, and as such, it's going to make some really good uh, holes for players like Rashad Penny or Chris Carson, who are elusive runners uh, that can generate a lot of speed. All they have to do is find where that hole happens to be. Easier said than done. However, uh, I think with the new system, as, as time goes on, it's going to help out and work out really well for the Seahawks. Maybe make the playoffs this year. I wouldn't count on it, but I like what I've seen with the Hawks going forward. Well, I would say I would say you're probably spot on. I, I feel always kind am, of Kira. a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. What were you saying? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, and. Somebody who didn't catch a pass in the game was uh, Doug Baldwin, who's going to be out for a while with an MCL sprain. So you're going to have to see what you can get out of uh, Lockett, Marshall, and new phenom Will Disley. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy about totally this. proved you wrong, Jay. <sighs> I know, right? Well, at least for one he game. Really did. Yeah. And to be fair, it was three catches for 100 yards. And I'm not saying that 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 is a bad thing. However, it doesn't really scream, this is going to be the passing attack forever. It's just like, hey, we can get people off guard with this guy for now. Yeah, remember Alan Hearns' first game in the NFL and then the rest of that (laughs) Yeah, his first two two catches were touchdowns. Yep, and then the rest of that year wasn't, wasn't spectacular, if I remember correctly. No, and he's still not spectacular now that he's on the Bears. Oh, the Cowboys. Which, speaking of the Cowboys, their receiving core is abysmal. Uh, the Cowboys are abysmal. Yeah, they don't. They don't, don't seem to be great. I got most of the stuff yeah. that I that I got from the weekend through the uh, NFL.com. Does all the highlights the day after. Mm. You can just go watch game by game, and so that's what I spent my lunch doing. Um, after I took my truck to the shop again. Um, I don't understand how you're mad about this. It's a 1991 fucking Ranger. The average lifespan of that thing is three years. The fact that you've gotten it down to Portland this weekend is amazing. (laughs) I feel like at this point, it's really just David being stubborn and owning this thing and being like, I am going to make this last forever. That's 100%. That's absolutely the goal. It's not going to happen. I don't see why not. The biggest thing that's going to happen is the transmission is going to go out one day and, you know, the 
what? David, in the time that I've known you to have that vehicle, it's spent more time broken in Bellingham than it has at your place. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't have been true if it weren't for the fact that there was no urgency this summer. But mm -hmm. I, on the bright side, yeah. if we if things keep breaking, I'll just learn how to fix them, and then eventually I'll be able to fix them. Mm -hmm. That's the theory. Yeah, that's all you need. Um. Yeah, so the the Cowboys are bad. Um, <laughs> only 138 passing yards on the day. Although Carolina oh, only had 146. See, this this is exactly your truck is like the Cowboys. It was hot shit back in 1991 through 1994, but <sighs> ever since then, the only people that actually believe in it are its fans, and everyone else just is like, "What are you talking about? That's a broken piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> but the fans are still like, we're one in fifteen, but we're going to the Super Bowl. You're like, wow. I'm getting a That's quote this truck. week to have the seats reupholstered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, point. My goodness. Well, because this the driver's seat is like completely compressed, and so I need <laughs> to have them fix that anyways. I was like, well, if you're going to cut the thing open, why don't we see about putting something prettier on it when you're done? Also, for the record, I don't think your truck is a piece of shit, but it just really fit that metaphor perfectly. So. Oh, I, I understand. My, It's a constant uh, uh, struggle to try and make it as pretty as it can be. You know, it's like, it's like when you have a daughter and you're like, she's not very smart, she's not very pretty, but I still love her. Yeah, but if she's not I very smart so and not very pretty, that's a good thing. Daughters. Well, only if they're not very smart or very pretty. Well, I'd rather them be both not very smart and not very pretty than not very smart and very pretty. You know what I mean? There's a lot more danger of, with a pretty dumb daughter than there is with a pretty ugly or a dumb ugly daughter. And if you get a smart ugly daughter, it's like perfect. I don't have to worry about your life ever. You're going to be great. Awesome, just as long as you're smart. Just have boys. Just have boys, you guys. That's my goal. 100%. 100%. Please. Girls will kill you. That is 100% my goal. You're, you're, you're both going to get stuck with daughters, and I'm so excited. <laughs> um. Anyways, so uh, Patrick Mahomes is really good. Yeah, he is. Who? <laughs> the homie the four My touchdown <laughs> oh, I love that Patrick Mahomes is doing so well I've been so excited for him like the minute I saw him in, as a sophomore in at Texas Tech I was like this kid's going to be amazing I'm so excited for his and he's just constantly proving me right on that one I make a lot of bad predictions I'm not going to pretend like I'm a fucking genius but I, I really appreciate the Patrick Mahomes you know what I mean the only thing I'm disappointed about is I when I first started doing fantasy ranks this year, I had Tariq mm -hmm. Hill as like a top ten player. And as time went on, I kept just pushing him down, being like, Yeah, but he's kind of just a big oh. play receiver. Hey, he's kind of eh. And I ended up with him in no leagues. Yeah. And then he uh, comes out and he posts yeah, seven for one sixty nine and two touchdowns as well as a kickoff return. And I'm like, Well, I fucked up. <laughs> You I was, did. I was you, right the first you time. You really did. All right. Yeah. 
Because he's uh, dangerous at every possible phase of the game where you can score. I, well, actually, he's not a. I've never seen him play defense, but special teams, he's fantastic. Receiving, he's fantastic. Running, he's fantastic. He's the real deal. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say fantastic. I got really excited. <laughs> he's fantastic. There. There you go. I got he you. Said it. I got you. He did it. <laughs> I know, and it was fantastic. What else was there? <sighs> there was uh, there was the Packers game. Packers. <laughs> Poor Bears. Oh. oh my God, such almost almost as much of a Bears thing as the Browns tying the Steelers was a Browns thing. No, we, we can talk about the Packers. I, I want to talk about both because yeah, we're gonna fantastic. we're gonna start with the Packers Bears. Yeah. Um, uh, the How many times has that happened at this point? How many fucking times has Aaron Rodgers gone down because his old ass took a fucking knee to the shoulder and then he came back and just fucking He was limping. Like the whole like ridiculous. After that, he just kept limping through and he was making passes. Although the person I feel like the worst for is uh, Kyle Fuller who had the game-winning interception like literally hit him in the chest and he dropped it oh god the guy so much better the person i feel the worst for is deshaun kaiser who he got brought into green bay he's like this is sweet i get to play in green bay i'm just gonna sit behind aaron Rodgers. there's not a qb competition it's just chill and then he goes down and he's like oh fuck khalil mack (laughs) (laughs) oh no i did not know i was signing up for this Someone help! Here we are. <laughs> Fuck. He looks to the other side. He's like, "Oh, Roquan's. Oh shit, Roquan's win! I just got picked off by Khalil Mack. How is that possible? But it is apparently it was <laughs> yep. underwhelming, just like the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers weren't a little underwhelming. So so can we walk through this? Because I actually didn't watch any of that game, and I just relied (laughs) upon you guys uh, to text me. The only games that I watched were... I couldn't couldn't watch it. Uh, I had to... So here's what was shitty. I was watching... uh, I tried to watch it on CBS, where the they had been playing the uh, Packers game... Or not the Packers game, sorry, the uh, Patriots game. But the game was over, and they were still just showing their, like, Here's the post game conversation. And then anytime like a major event would happen, they'd be like, here's a recap of what's happening in the Browns. But here, let's talk about sports again, like games that have already happened. I'm like, I don't want to hear you guys talk about dumb shit. I want to watch this game. Was it because it was like a CBS versus um, Fox thing? No, it was just the the market. I just, we're just not in the market to watch the. So. God, but it's the like, NFL I, I understand that for like the regular game. Capitalism. Yep, they got to preserve right? like, the value of Sunday ticket. It's it was disgusting. It's like, the, there's you guys aren't showing a game right now. You can show me the first one. It was whack. It was whack. Damn it. They usually do switch over on afternoon games. That's the weird thing. Yep. But Morning games they don't, like, but afternoon games they typically do. If I mean, if I'm remembering it correctly. That sounds like a thing to me. I don't even care. At this point, they should have fucking <laughs> Let's, You gotta fucking own it as the Browns. Like, 
The fucking Browns. Anyway. I love that the Browns... Here's the most Browns thing ever. They snapped a two-year losing streak, and they still didn't win. And they still didn't win! <laughs> they they snapped the streak still and still didn't win. They are technically 0-0. They're, te- they're still winless. Yep. And I, I know I sent this to you, but I'm going to say it because it's such a great stat. Since the Browns returned to the NFL... Uh, Teams that have had a five plus five or better turnover margin are 123, four, and one. Two of oh, those losses God. are the Browns, and the only tie is the Browns. It, it was absurd. It was so and absurd. And hey, David. Yep. That's the, team, that's the team that you guys, you know, took to overtime <laughs> and tied. Oh, Big Ben had five turnovers. And James <laughs> Connor had a sixth. I want, I want that to go on like a uh, a bumper sticker on his '91 Ranger. Oh, was terrible. Big, like, big, I, big I was Ben this... had a turnover for every single sexual assault oh, allegation against him. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! What are those? Oh, I'm the shitty person. Comedy? I'm not the. I, I'm the shitty person for making that joke. I'm not the one that's raping people. Oh no, that is right. not shitty at all. That was fucking gold. That Thank is you. the highlight of my day. Uh. <laughs> yeah, my yikes wasn't at your comment. It was at the truth behind it. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, and I know there's gonna be somebody like. He didn't have five accusers. He only had three. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm. Let's count. Yeah, well, (laughs) let's talk about how two thirds of sexual assaults and harassments aren't even reported to the police, bitch. Boom. Take that, theoretical person. (laughs) That's how how most of my arguments go, by the way. I I don't actually argue with people. I just sit in my shower when I'm in the morning, like, this is what I'd say in that situation. (laughs) Yeah, that'd show them. I do that too, but it's for real conversations that happened three days ago. <laughs> yep, yep. Man, if I would have said that, that would have been so good. What I actually said was, oh shit, alright, cool. Um, let's talk about something else. <laughs> oh. yeah. It's like I had to come up with a comeback quick and, and uh, I was in high school and I was playing soccer. I, I was... 18 and I was playing soccer on a 15 year old's team um because it's indoors so they don't actually as long as you're in high school it's fine but all of the teams were like the younger ages of high school because the rest of us played in the adult leagues but Mm -hmm. I played I was one of the few who played in both leagues so it meant that I was playing against like 15 year olds and some of the one of the teams we were playing like had their like younger brother playing so it was like a 13 year old so there's a solid like, you know, foot and a half difference in size, and or maybe a foot, but, um, and five years in age and experience, and we lost the game, and we're and I got in trouble during the game. I got you know kicked out of the game for a little while, like a two minute penalty <laughs> or something for throwing one of the kids against the wall. Um, wow, one of the fifteen right. year olds, not one of the thirteen year olds. Um, oh, well, okay. that's different. See? Oh, it's just a freshman? All right. Not five. Okay. Three. 
<laughs> we're cool then. Um, I didn't say I was cool, but after the game, we're like shaking all their hands or whatever. It was like, yeah, good game, good game. And one of the kids just goes, dude, I'm 13. And I was like, the best comeback I had in the moment was, want a cookie? That's all I had. I mean, that still is a great cookie. Or, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's I mean, a great comeback. Yeah, you got you got the point across, right? Like, no one cares how old you are. You're not special. No one's special. I think it was good enough. You know, it's it's not like original, but it didn't have to be. It was fine. Yeah, again, because we all become uh, worm food in the end. Your originality <laughs> doesn't matter. True. Welcome to Completely Nihilist Podcast. <laughs> Where nothing matters, neither do the points. Like, maybe it would have been better to say something Sponsored like... Sponsored by Arby's. Maybe it would have been better to say something like, I'm going to marry your mom in two years. Two years? That's ambitious. Do you think he would have been ready to settle down and have a family by then? No, My but goodness. I've been ready to ruin his little fucking life. Yeah. Hey. In, in, the, <laughs> in those situations, I go, hey, you don't shut your mouth. I'm going to date your mom and make your bedtime an hour earlier. Perfect. Bitch. Yeah. See, you're thinking. Yeah, date your mom and make sure you can never play the video game that you want to play. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that she always gets you what you don't want for Christmas. <laughs> you know how you want those Legos? Yeah, I'm going to make sure she gets you Mega Blocks. Oh, <laughs> cut them deep. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get that kid? Mega blocks are like AIDS for Legos. Oh, I know, right? You'll just Even you'll never kid, get rid like, of them. They'll always ruin the rest of the bin. Yeah, well, like even as a kid, you're like, what? What do I do with these anyway? Oh, look, I made a stack of them. That's cool. Do you understand? I can make a spaceship with this one. I'm strongly opinionated today. Sorry. <laughs> I ended up and we taking... haven't even gotten we haven't even gotten to the really opinionated. You know, yeah, potential but, potential I've thing, which is obviously that Arizona football got completely whooped by Houston. <laughs> Oof, embarrassing. Yikes. Oh, I know, right? Not like Arizona. Hey, they, State. They, they, they started coming back. <laughs> yeah. They they got a couple <laughs> touchdowns. No, it was it was not it was not pretty uh at all for the Arizona Wildcats. Um I don't know what the issue is, right? Because they they still have Khalil Tate, who didn't have a terrible game, but really, I mean, the main issue, like, because if you look at the numbers, they weren't that far off of Houston. But the main issue was they just couldn't find the end zone. It was it was basically like they were a bunch of high school boys at a high school party trying to get girls. It's like they put in all the effort, they almost got there, and they just didn't score. <laughs> tragic anyway uh wait did we miss anything else in the nfl before we switch to college i'm trying to think um let's look mm. at the scores here I mean, uh, there's there's a lot more there um the jets completely surprised the lions yeah the bucks completely surprised the saints and uh the Ravens. somehow oh. nathan peterman completely I, I... surprised the bills coaching staff I got one about that. The Bills 
failed to get a first down for three quarters. Well, until the third quarter. Good when job. they put in Josh Allen, who still didn't really do anything. I don't know how you you, you saw Nathan Peterman last year and thought, let's let's give it another go. Let's give it another right. go. He's I mean, I don't like to but what I think objectively he might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL. You know, I want to dispute it, but I can't think of one worse. Right? <laughs> I tried to do the same thing. I was like, no, there's got to be someone worse. No, not really. Like, I'm open to hearing, you know, uh, counter arguments. Yeah, like maybe Ryan Leaf, but even then, Ryan Leaf wasn't that bad. Ryan yeah. Leaf could at least get a first down every now and then. Ryan Leaf occasionally threw touchdown passes to his own team. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't yeah. there's, there's got no nothing. One, there was no one worse. No, that's it. That's it. There's nothing else. Because you also have to compare it to somebody who's act, who's had like a regular season, you know, start. Basically, you can't just be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that guy in the preseason was." Yeah, it's the preseason. It doesn't. It doesn't count. Somebody who's had an NFL start that's looked worse. Than Nathan Peterman has looked. Uh, if you're listening to this and you can I'm, think of somebody, reply to us on Twitter. Us. Tell, Tell us why <laughs> we're dumb. dumb. I, I'll make sure you follow us in the meantime. Yeah. Sure to like really and subscribe. Wanna, if you really think we're dumb, you should definitely follow us and listen to every podcast so you can sit there and berate us in the comments. I am all for it. Absolutely. Just look at comments. Yeah. If you like the video, guys, remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment, smash that motherfucking subscribe button. We do it for the fans. And be sure to send us money on Venmo. It's, uh... you, you guys don't watch too many YouTube videos, do you? That's like every YouTube video. No, I know. No. It's, it's, it's reserved for the last 15 seconds of the video. Yeah, they start off, every single YouTube video starts off with, hey guys, what's going on today? Uh, I just wanted to bring you another video about blank. And then every single one of them is, ends with if you like what you saw make sure to like subscribe leave a comment down below tell me what you think about whatever i talked about remember i do it for the fans guys and then they have some weird sign off every time but the links but i mean the blooper gotta gotta respect it gotta respect it do i (laughs) searching for that critical feedback at least you know they're always trying to improve Always trying to improve. Yeah, it's every day, bro. With that Disney Channel flow. Yikes. <laughs> I'll uh, I, I, I'll be right back. I'll be back momentarily. You guys talk about something that I hate while I'm gone. So that way I don't have to hear about it. Okay. Bye. Hmm. Trying to think, I'm trying to think about hates. things that Jay loves. I don't know. This is hard. This We're is bad difficult. friends. We we only I don't know if actually that's anything. I think it would probably be better that we know the things that we hate that he hates over the things that he loves because I feel like that's true mark of friendship is hating the same things. Yeah, and and in many cases that could describe the friendship that we all share. But uh, yeah. I feel like it also includes us each being passionate about individual things that we all trash on collectively. Yeah, that's true. 
We, we all coalesce to trash together. So I'm trying to figure out what's the thing that Jay loves that we both trash on that. That we should just like completely hype up. I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely isn't tennis. I know that he really doesn't have any any passionate feelings about the sport of tennis at all or golf. For me, it's socialism. I know he <laughs> loves socialism. I'm very much not a fan of it. Yes, yes, Jay, the, the, quite the socialist of our circle. Indeed, yes, yes. I don't know so much where you fall on the scale, but I'm I'm going to assume that you're closer to him than me. I'm kind of in the middle, actually. I would say. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, oh, probably, definitely. Actually, no, you're right. I'm, I'm probably closer to, to Jay, as well as that goes. Oh, there's a bug. Damn it. I missed it. Um, What else can we talk about that he's not here for? Because, I mean, I don't know. What else happened in the NFL? I'm looking at these scores here. Oh, and... Patriots did Patriot shit. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Poor Colts. Is Andrew Luck alive? Is he's he alive and he's chipper. He was excited. Um, he was ready to go. He was significantly happier than somebody who blew a twenty-point lead should have been. Ooh, we should we should trash on Marcus Mariota. How did Marcus do? He got hurt, so we should be cautious there. Oh, okay. Never oh my mind. God, Andrew Luck came back from his shoulder injury and threw the ball fifty-three times. What? 39 for 53. He's going to injure himself again. Yeah, are they retarded? Why are they having him throw so much? Well, I'm guessing in this game it's because they were behind, but... Yeah, the... The Colts were up at one point 20 to 3. No, it wasn't 20 to 3. What was it? (laughs) <laughs> I could have sworn they were up by that much, but and based on the scoring summary here, at halftime it was sixteen to ten, and then they yeah. matched each other in the third, and then the Bengals scored seventeen points. So he must have just been throwing it like crazy in the fourth quarter, trying to get back into it. And that explains why they didn't score any points. Yep. Totally. Um. Can we talk about the most important thing in all of college football right now? Oh. The only, oh. There is only one team in, in college football that is 3-0 right now. Oh, my God. Yes. And that's your University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Let's go, what? Bows. Do, do you think they're going to finish undefeated and we're going to have a UCF uh, oh 2019? Stop. Stop, please. I can't. I'm my, <laughs> my heart is only so strong. Bose I was going like to say, what well, would happen? Well, here's what happened last time. The whole um, I, the Rainbow Warriors went undefeated, for the record. Uh, it was during Colt Brennan's era with J- June Jones. They went undefeated in the regular season with so much hype, and then they went on to play Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and subsequently got their asses beaten <laughs> so badly. I think it was like 35-7 to 7 or some shit like that. It was... Yikes. It was not pretty. And even Cole Brennan was like, well, that's not how I wanted to end my college career. It's like, yeah, I bet, dude. 41 to 10. Yeah, it was, uh, see, it was not pretty. Uh, Again, that's how Melvin Gordon probably felt, too. 
Uh, yeah. That's yeah. not how I wanted to finish. No. Hey. <laughs> hey, they got a rookie quarterback in. It's not like he's going to be any danger. Oh. Whoops. At least he finished. But, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, the quarterback for Hawaii is absolutely wrecking shop right now. He's got uh, – he's almost got 1,200 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns, and zero interceptions right now. Kid's an absolute oh, monster. They're upsetting teams left and right. Uh, they're only they're only a favorite through one of their games so far, and they won all three. It fantastic. They tried to lose to Colorado State, but they managed to win. <laughs> they tried really hard. Yeah, well, they were up thirty to seven, and at uh, at one point, and then it ended. I think what 42-43 to thirty six. I don't know, six point game. So forty two thirty six. I think. Was. Got real close. <laughs> oh no, it was forty-three to thirty-seven. Yeah. Point is, it uh, they almost falconed it, but didn't quite. So that was good. <laughs> I was happy about that. Yeah, it's always better when you don't just completely blow it like Atlanta. <laughs> Go bars. Yeah, I was to say it were the Bears. Oh, well, at least the Bears weren't. You know. In the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I want to see the overlap of uh, Falcons fans making fun of the Bears for this. Like, yeah. uh, guys, those are glass houses, you know what I'm saying? So, what occurred in this tennis match? <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it. I didn't watch it because I don't really watch tennis. Okay. So here's what happened. Are we, are, we, are we done with college football? Because I just want to recognize that Arizona State beat Michigan State in Pac-12 after dark. Oh, my God. This. In, in, in such a delicious Pac-12 after dark matchup. It it's is, hard for me to cool. root against Arizona State right now because y'all are like the brownest team ever. Like you have like <laughs> two white people on the team, including the coaching staff. I'm like, it's oh, fucking well, great. I, I know. Herm <laughs> Edwards is still, you know, I mean, I'm so... Uh, I don't want to say I'm not sold on him. No, I was. <laughs> I'm not not sold on him, but at the same time, he's starting to win me over. I think it. It was he, interesting. He's... He had some cool calls. I like. I like some of the decision making yeah. he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I was all down for when he would go for it. So yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's all I have to say about that. I I appreciate. I'm really excited that uh, you guys announced the time for the Husky game, and it's Pac-12 after dark. In Seattle, yeah. oh, yeah. I don't know who approved that, but weird. Yeah, it's definitely gonna get weird, especially with the revenge aspect of it, and mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna get weird. My my heart says that it's gonna be a crazy game. My brain says the Huskies are gonna be so mad and they're just gonna blast through you guys. But I'm really hoping that Arizona pulls this one off. Arizona State pulls this hey. one off. We're we're never able to. I believe. Can't predict the future. I hope that it's, it ends 9-6. to six. Really do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, Serena. I'm going to go... I, I will go through it objectively first without any whatever because it's very important to be objective here. Ramp yourself up. Give me a moment. I'm grabbing my water. Do I have to wait for him? 
You probably should. I'm watching a video of some dudes fucking <laughs> kicking the shit out of a uh, naked guy in New York. You know, I was gonna say, you know, oh, that's really funny if you just stopped a dude's fucking, but uh, it didn't get any better. What? No. Why? No. Why you really watching? Didn't. It's on Twitter. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that the comment section on that is really amicable, and everyone is <laughs> being very polite everyone, to each other. Everyone's being so kind and nice. I'm not even gonna expand the comments in that. I'm just gonna <laughs> gonna leave that one collapsed. Okay. Yeah. Just like my I, ego. I think that's the right decision on that one. I apologize. Uh, I realized it was going to be a long story and I needed my water. Yeah. I, I couldn't I quite tell if you wanted us to wait or if you wanted to just. Did you wait or continue? No, I, I we waited. waited. We, we talked about beating up naked homeless people in New York. Ooh, my favorite pastime. <laughs> hey, we saw this video about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Way to way to use that uh, that wet floor sign. <laughs> well, it's wet after we're done with it. Oh, so tennis. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stay out of that one. <laughs> so, um, so let's go play by play of what actually happened. Uh, oh, neat. Part. So. Uh, first set, Osaka beats the living shit out of Serena. Serena struggles with her serve, uh, can't find it, which is her strongest point. Her strongest point, and she just starts getting overpowered by Osaka, who's a very strong power player. Great. Six-one uh, Osaka first set. Uh, second set, Serena starts figuring it out. Um, however, her coach at one point, and he is admitted to this, uh, starts signaling. He moves his hand back and forth, telling her to go forward into the ne- into the court more. Technically, a coaching violation because you're not allowed to do any coaching from the sideline in Grand Slam events. So, Serena is then issued a um, a her first penalty for that. Now, what usually happens in in situations like that is that first of all, you'll get a warning a soft warning from the referee or from the umpire who, you know, they say, Hey, cut this out. If it continues, then he'll enforce a penalty. In this case, Carlos Ramos did not grant that to her. He said, he simply said, that's cheating. You, or, you know, that's against the rules. I don't know. If, anyway, that's cheating. That's against the rules. Uh, that's a penalty. Serena gets fucking livid because she, says i don't cheat that's not how i play i've never cheated i'm not a cheater i don't see how this is fair whatever eventually she didn't really let it go but she stops fighting for a second um couple points couple points go on uh she gets she gets up 3-1 but she gets mad about something that happens in the match and she smashes a racket uh which happens occasionally you know you get it heated up you throw shit it happens in any sport now by rule, that is a that is automatically a penalty. That is constantly enforced. That happens all the time. Uh, so she gets another penalty for that. When you get a second penalty in a match, you get a point uh, taken away from you. So your po- your opponent automatically gets granted the next point. Serena, so still so pissed, screams at the ref because she feels that the first violation wasn't fair and that she shouldn't get 
a point taken away from her because she didn't do anything wrong in the first for the first one. At this point, he really can't do anything to retroactively change that. Whether you agree with it or not, he can't go back. He, the penalty's already been assessed. It's happened. So now since she got a second one, she loses the point. She gets pissed. She berates him. She's con- she's going at him really hard and claims that he is a thief and that he's done all these things to her. And because of all this shouting and yelling that she's con- she's constantly upkeeping, uh, he assesses a third penalty. And every third on the third penalty and every subsequent penalty after that, uh, it's a game. Uh, the, you get you lose a game for that penalty. So she then loses a whole game and fucking fuming, livid, crowd is booing. Naomi Osaka goes on to win the whole thing. However, sorry, a lot of talking, I had to drink. Now the whole thing is marred in the crowd is booing. Serena is on the court yelling about sexism and how it's completely unfair because male players would not be assessed this prop, this, these kinds of penalties and that there's a double standard so that she's getting those kinds of penalties. Um, they brought out the rules officials, all kinds of shit. It was a whole mess. And the real loser in the entire thing is uh, Naomi Osaka, who's literally living her dream moment where she's playing in her favorite Grand Slam. Because she grew up in the United States. Like, she represents Japan, but she grew up here. She's from Florida. She doesn't even speak Japanese. She's a Florida girl. She does have Japanese characters in her Twitter handle name, though. Not in the handle, but in her name. I think she's been, she, I think she's been learning Japanese. But, like, earlier in this year, she didn't, uh, she didn't have Japanese. And she even said, you know, she's like, I'm going to try and learn Japanese because I want to be able to talk to my fans like that. Exactly. Yeah, you she, she, she's owning it. She is kind of living up to it. Um, yeah. Which is not I'm not trying thing. to I take that away from it. her. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to like emphasize that the U.S. Open was the tournament for her. Uh, it's, it means the most out of all of them. She's playing against her absolute idol who just completely had a shit fest and broke down completely in front of her. And she doesn't really know what to do. She literally was crying and apologized to the fans that were there for winning because they're all so pro Serena. And <laughs> here's where we dive. We get away from pure facts to my opinions because I think they're important because uh, I have a platform that I can use. Uh, first of all, Carlos Ramos was 100% wrong for assessing a penalty at the start of that. Carlos Ramos has a history of penalizing players, not just women, not just people of color. He's gone against Nadal. He has had issues with Djokovic. He's had issues with Murray. Only like two months ago, he had an issue with Murray. He's had problems with Kyrie. Like he has a very storied history of fighting with fucking everybody. He's a, he is a very like strict by the book rules officiator. And it's really led to some issues before. Um, However, the fact that people are making this into a sex issue and a race issue, I think is 100% wrong. It has nothing to do with sex or race. It has 100% everything to do with this is a terrible umpire and he should never be allowed to officiate ever again. He shouldn't have been officiating here, but they keep hiring him on. And to make it into, oh, well, it's unfair because I'm you know, a woman. It had nothing to do with the fact that it was, you're a woman. He was totally wrong for that first penalty. Now... When you go past that first penalty, because it's in the books now, just like any other penalty in any other sport, it's happened. We can't retroactively change it. This is when Serena 
was absolutely wrong. First, she snapped her racket, automatic violation, and by the rules, that means on a second violation, you lose a point. We can't go back and change the first violation just because you didn't like it. You can't argue it away. It happened. So now she's sitting there pissed off because she felt like she didn't earn the first one. She, it happened. You have to accept that. You have to understand that. Then she goes and starts berating him and attacking and like all the shit. So of course they're going to be like, well, now you're, you know, getting into verbal altercations with our umpire. That's a third violation. They're 100% going to give you another penalty for that. It has nothing to do with your race. It has nothing to do with your gender. To make it into these, you know, talking points that everyone's trying to do, it's wrong. It demeans the entire argument of sexism, racism, and all these things. Because all it is is that we see a black woman and immediately say, oh, any issues she has are because she's a black woman. No, it's because she was being a shitty person at that point. She was being a shitty competitor who was going way too loud about something that can't be changed. As a pro athlete, you have to understand that that's... Thing, bad things are going to happen from, uh, from officiating careers, and there's nothing you can do. It happens. The Seahawks didn't go and fucking try and change the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl 40 because they didn't like the officiating. Yeah, it was some terrible calls, but that's how it went down. That's what's going to happen. But to try and make it about all these other issues is absolutely 100% wrong. Um, and the person that I feel absolutely the worst for was Naomi Osaka, who's living her dream moment and sitting there in tears. I've watched this girl for like, I don't know, a year and a half now. Uh, and she's like the most bubbly, happy person. The only thing I've, you guys know, the only thing I've ever knocked her for up until this point was she talks kind of very, like, like she's a kid because she's very, you know, animated. She's very childlike. And that's not really a bad issue, but the saddest I've ever seen her was when she was winning the U.S. Open against her idol, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. Like, I, you know, I couldn't talk about it for like two days because I just it broke my heart to see somebody go get everything they wanted and take have all that joy taken away from them because somebody else had to be shitty. I don't know. It was a mess. I wonder how that influences her opinion of said idol then. I don't know. Probably won't break it down any. No. Well, damn. That's, uh... Think... Oh, are you going to say Kira? No, I was going to say I think it probably broke her down a little bit. Um, David, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on it. Well, so going off of what Jay said, I think it sounds like he's you know, completely correct. And I think, uh, I think this is one of <clears throat> the byproducts. Um, I, I would say one of the byproducts of people being too quick to make things about race and sex. Um, is that I, I, I could be wrong and, but I would be willing to guess that if she was completely level-headed and just watching somebody else compete, you know, who was, who was of similar background that Serena might not have made those same. And especially if she had known the background of the judge, which maybe she did, but she absolutely did. Cause, uh, 
Carlos Ramos has had issues with Venus Williams in particular. Okay. Uh, also in the past. So, you, and you go into those matches knowing you're, who you're officiating. It's, but so I think I would think that if she was being, uh, you know, non-biased, wasn't emotionally involved in it, that she would have had a more mature outlook at, at what was happening. But you, you, you know, you're taking a competitor and you're feeling them and getting them into that moment. Sometimes they can take, you know, what what is an easy excuse as opposed to owning their mistake um and it sounds like that's that's what happened here yeah and it's not like serena here's another one that bothers me that i noticed a lot people always try to like retroactively say like oh she's the epitome of class she's no serena williams has made a career by being a very vitriolic player she has had a lot of issues in the past especially at the u.s open uh in 2004, she literally told uh, an, a ref that she was going to jam a tennis ball down their throat. In 2009, <clears throat> she was literally kicked out of a match because of the shit that she said to uh, an, offic- an official. She has a re- she has an, like a history at the U.S. Open. Well, and she's she's married to the guy who took more than 24 hours to decide that they should pull down the subreddit that was allowing people to freely exchange hacked photos of celebrity women in that's not even the worst one i understand that's not the worst one it's just the (laughs) most notable based on uh the amount of coverage it got yeah there was also uh our fat people hate that took them a while to get down yes uh there was one, I don't remember the exact title, but it was pretty f- fucking racist, and there was literally just hating on black people. Uh, There's a lot of issues with those well, kinds and of I, things. And I think, yeah. I, I think and I'm, I'm willing to, to hear the counter-argument, but I feel like there's a, a little bit something different to expressing hatred for something versus knowingly violating somebody's uh, personal Oh, yeah. Privacy. There's also one... Um, it was uh, our shoplifting that was up for a while that they didn't <laughs> take down. Literally, people just showing off all the shit they stole. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was. I just hate the people who <laughs> try to take this terrible moment and then try to build their own agendas around it when it's really yeah. <clears throat> not about those things. Um, it, it's Serena right was a bully. Like they try, they keep trying to make her out into a victim here. She was not the victim in this case. There was one bad call that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But after that, she turned into a complete bully. She was badgering. She was attacked. Like she was the bad person. She was the bully, and Osaka was the fucking victim. And then they're like, "Oh well, she was so nice to Osaka afterwards. She better have been." Yeah. She just took the most amazing moment possible away from this young 20 year old girl who is the most innocent kid I've ever seen. Literally the only thing I've ever said that I against her is she's too innocent. She needs to learn to be less childlike. That's a great, if that's the worst thing I can say about you, that's awesome. Well, she's in Florida. She could hang out with Bieber for a while. (laughs) 
yeah, it was it's just a mess and the and it completely the person who got absolutely screwed by it is Osaka. Her crowning moment now has a huge black mark on it. Because yeah. no one's even gonna no one's really even talking about Osaka. Like no one's talking about how she played, how it was going, any of that. They're just yeah. oh well this I, happened and yeah. I do like I, I I agree for what it's worth, a hundred percent. I really think it's it's super unfortunate. Um, yeah. I and, think. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just wanted to clarify. I'm not in the slightest trying to say that there's not a double standard in general in tennis. There's not that there's not sex. And both those things are very true. Uh, right. There is absolute tennis is an extremely sexist, elitist, uh, fucking xenophobic ass <laughs> sport. But. In this particular case, it had nothing to do with any of that. Uh, so I've been, anyway. I've been kind of thinking about that because, like, Jay, like you and I were part of our like our hundred text interchange, whatever, <laughs> during this whole yeah, entire yeah. thing. One of them. Um, well, great number, lucky number. Um, <laughs> one one of the things that we kind of had had hit on a little bit was at the very beginning. Um, because I was like, oh, like, how the hell is it that we have, like, this 20-year-old facing off against, you know, one of the, like, the greatest athletes of all time who, like, I could just watch, they had an incredible, like, I mean, it's supposed to be, like, some of the top tennis in the world, right? And Mm -hmm. how do you, like, I was like, oh my gosh, how do you have, like, empty seats? How do you not blah, blah, blah? And we were kind of talking about that, and it kind of got me to thinking after everything that had happened and it's all kind of settled down is, um, you know, it's, it's so frustrating to me because I don't feel like the organization did anything to really prevent that from happening. Um, they could have easily called a recess because I, I, I was thinking, I like went back too. I mean, you can call a timeout like they did. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, they could have pulled the players aside. They could have kind of waited for things to calm down. Like they, the authorities, like as much as Carlos Ram, Ramos, Ramos, however like, the fuck you pronounce his last name, as much as that chair probably should not have been, you know, umpiring, refereeing, whatever that match to begin with because of his controversial past. And because we understand that, especially in tennis, but in a lot of sports, you know, the refereeing or the judgment calls can be so subjective and they can really throw something off significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me, the greatest disappointment is not, I mean, the greatest disappointment is the fact that there is a double standard to begin with but oh, beside yeah. that i'm really upset that nothing was done to rationally head this off because i think the organization knew that they were going to see a lot of controversy happen mm-hmm. as a result of serena doing this and that it was going to cause a lot of murmurs and rumors and um it's kind of one of those like well the media coverage is there people are paying attention <clears throat> to tennis now Maybe, you know, people are going to see these players like, no, like kids are not going to see this and think, oh, wow, like what a great sport tennis. Like 
Serena Williams got fucked, like Naomi Osaka got fucked over and Serena Williams is being systematically oppressed on a day-to-day basis, like, I want to play that sport. Like, no, they're seeing two women that are just being completely fucking subjugated and the organization did nothing to about that. And that, to me, is what's really upsetting in addition to all the things that you just said. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's there's because a real like issue with knows. Uh, particularly yeah, that's a struggling sport. And, you know, oh, having yeah. worked in it for a short time, they're always like, "How do we get more kids? How do we get more people in it?" And you're only going to like by by promoting this sort of behavior and by not trying to find sustainable like policies moving forward not trying to find ways to not have to rely on controversy to get people to watch your sport like you're just going to attract those vitriolic players you're going to attract those people who are going to fight every point who are going to say oh well yeah of course it was a sexism thing of course it was a racism thing like i'm gonna fight this because i'm gonna be able to win i'm gonna be able to fuck up my opponent and take my own like moment for this like for the spotlight even though that's not really what it's about and that's not the way you want to grow anything well the real issue and to your point exactly is uh when tennis was at its absolute peak in the united states was um like 80s or so when the top american players were jimmy connors and john McEnroe both of whom were widely known for their horrible antics on the court. They would chew out refs. They would do all sorts of terrible, terrible things. But it was noteworthy to the U.S. public because if you didn't watch tennis, if you didn't understand what was going on, because the average person when they watch a tennis match doesn't understand what's happening. It's just Mm -hmm. it's a complex sport, and it's weird to watch if you don't understand it. So if you don't understand, then you're going to watch it. If you're going to watch it at all, you're going to want to see some kind of spectacle. You're going to want to see some drama. You're going to want to see. So when those things were happening with Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe, everyone in the United States was watching it because they'd be like, well, I don't know anything about tennis, but I know that that guy's about to throw his racket into the ground and scream at the ref for a call that he didn't like. Yeah. It's very entertaining. Like even I mean, it goes back to politics. Yeah, exactly. Like David, you you know, we were watching uh, senior tennis with John McEnroe that one time. Yep. And you were a hundred percent into it because John McEnroe was making a scene. It was hysterical. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I get that. Like you know, you're always gonna want to pick up the you know big sexy storyline, and that's that's why <laughs> a lot of things are the way they are now, and we can totally devolve into you know you're not doing anything for good policy because you're focusing on politics and. Blah, 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 all that shit, or like you're not doing anything for the sport because you're just focusing on what's happening now in the moment. And when you're capitalizing on your best player being, you know, a particularly defensive person, mm-hmm. um, like you're not doing anything really for the future of your sport other than solidifying that attitude. Absolutely. Um, That's why what the, what tennis really needs to do is not focus on those kinds of things what they need to focus on is first of all uh far more youth programs and yes. availability for inner city inner city yes. youth uh oh my God, yes. for young for young kids and 
particularly one of the ones that I really liked was Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf have a foundation where they'll take half of the court and they'll put a net through that. So kids are playing on a much smaller court. Cause when you're a kid and you go on a tennis court, it's really intimidating because it's gigantic. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, you sit there, you're like, I don't know. I can't serve over this. There's no way. So you get automatically discouraged. So I think programs like that are going to help a lot. And the other one I think is very important is um, Billie Jean King uh, actually made a tennis league that is going strong in America, but no one knows about it called world team tennis, which uh, basically allows you to filter in and out players. So you can like, you can make substitutions. And the most important rule about it is that they absolutely encourage the crowd to get loud, to, you know, engage like a normal sporting event. Um, Rather than quiet, please, quiet, please, between every fucking point. <laughs> it, it's the one I don't understand at all. Like, you know, like, oh, well, I can't focus on my serve while I'm, you know, while there's noise. Oh, really? Yeah. Try having a linebacker blitzing you while you have to throw a perfect ball past a corner. Tell me that that's harder yeah. than hitting a ball that you throw to yourself. <laughs> it's not. Um- and on top of both of those things, which I 100% agree that youth programs need to be a really core part of so many different sports, especially when you're talking about these like traditionally segregated sports like tennis or golf. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing, too, is um, and this, this is a very I am so pie in the sky about this because I actually got into this rant. Um, this past weekend because one of my friends was like, oh, well, why aren't you paying attention to the NFL as much? And I'm just like, you know what, like, it, it's kind of lot, like, it's, it's not as Because I can't stand people kneeling. <laughs> no, it's, it wasn't that. I was like, you know what, like, I'm paying attention. I'm still doing fantasy. Like, I will still watch, but, like, it's really lost a lot of its allure to me ever since everybody's like, well, they just need to be football players. And ever since the, the league itself has been treating these players is like, oh, well, they just need to focus on the game. They just need to play the sport, blah, blah, blah. They're not allowed to have feelings or emotions. And, like, that's the thing is, like, I feel so bad because, yes, okay, obviously, Serena, that's the whole entire thing. But, like, like, Osaka was really kind of not allowed to just be like, you know what, yeah, like, this fucking sucks. Like, she, mm-hmm. she had to have her own level of decorum and – um she wasn't really able to respond either so i think a bigger thing too is you know this is obviously incredibly ambitious and i don't even know like how to start with it but like focusing on you know making sure that the sport allows enough room for the athlete to be a human being in addition to being an incredibly you know gifted physical like person like a great athlete like allowing players and i don't know if that's you know you're you start talking about more features or more exposure or however you can fucking do it but it's like when when you start talking about you know these athletes as like oh it shouldn't have had anything to do with that like i still feel like serena shouldn't have had to make up that excuse or point to that in the first place like she shouldn't like her her default should not have had to be using that as an option yeah so and i hate to say this because it hurts my soul to say but stephen a smith 
was right. Um, when he was talking about the issue, and his point was very simple. It's when Serena Williams was wrong the minute she brought in sex and race to this uh, argument. Um, yeah. And it's not saying that can't... we're arguing against, you know, that or that we, we you know, are racist, things like that, but because it goes into this really deep level of like people are holding you to a higher standard, even though you should not be held to a higher standard to begin with. Absolutely. Um, and that that's the and that's a huge issue for any minority group. You know, yes, you 100% should not be held to a higher standard because you are just the same. You are a, another person, just like every single other person. But that's not how the world works, unfortunately. You know, when black kid shoots up a school, which has never happened, but if a black kid shoots up a school, oh, he's a terrible person. You know, this is what happens with these kids. They're terrible, and you know, you get all the kinds of racist shit. When a white kid goes into school, well, what was his situation like at home? Did anyone was ever reach out to him at the lunch table? This is a real tragedy for that kid. No, fuck that kid. <laughs> well, I want to go so far as to say fuck that kid. But well, no I, one fucked that I kid, mean, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's just so hard because there are so many deep levels to this situation. Oh yeah. Luckily, I think I think it's good that they are being addressed in a manner. Um, But the worst. Go ahead. People like to polarize arguments so much, and it's like nothing in this world is black and white. There is gray everywhere. Yeah. There are so many. There's so many complexities to each issue, and to just be like, "Nope, you have one thing wrong here, so you're entirely wrong," is completely unfair. Yeah, and I think I think that's a larger societal issue, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But and it's gotten really bad over the past few years. I mean, it's always yeah. been there. Like, there's always been polarization of arguments because it's easier to polarize an argument, and it's yeah, easier to stand behind a polarized easier, one. Now it's easier to make your argument louder. Yeah, and I think that's really difficult because if no one um, listens to you, just make a podcast and post it on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're doing. You know. <laughs> You, but yeah. but not only that, but it's almost like there's, you know, that's that's why again I wish that Serena didn't feel like she had to come up with this, not come up with this, but she didn't have to use this argument as an option mm-hmm. because otherwise she she knew that she was kind of in the wrong on it, and so her default was to become louder and make it about something bigger. And yep. drown everything else out. Play the victim. And I mean, did. that's what she's always done. Like that's how, that's how she is. She's not this golden pinnacle of you know humanity that people like to make her out to be. She's always been kind of a shitty competitor. She's very mean and she's very aggressive, and that's fine. Like that's just how she competes. I'm not trying to tell you that you're wrong for competing that way, but when we try to make her out to be this, you know, idol that people can look up to, she's not her personality on the court kind of sucks. It's kind of always sucked. She's just been quieter these past few years. That's it. I'm not saying that she's a terrible person or anything like that, but she built her career around being loud and aggressive and fucking mean on the court. 
She's a bully. So. That's what she is. That's how she's always been. Sorry. Yeah. I do anyway, think I um, do think it's hard because I I don't I I don't like the way people are saying oh well she was just using it as a distraction like you know what yes a distraction is probably the right word for it but we should not be referring to it as a distraction because that just really demeans or belittles you know the fact that real racist ideas and real sexist ideas are pervasive not just oh, in totally. athletics but in you know our society as a whole so i think i don't know what the word that's better to describe it as mm -hmm. is like i don't know if it's something about you know she made her argument louder but um you know calling it a distraction or a diversion is just counter um counterproductive Mm -hmm. to any of those ideas and i i will have to thesaurus it up um I, I know i said this to you guys earlier but uh Mar martina navratilova uh wrote an op-ed for new york times earlier about this whole issue yeah uh and i thought it was perfectly spot on um navratilova is actually the perfect person to talk about this too uh she's faced all kinds of flack during her career for uh first of all she defected from her country to join the US. Uh, this is at the peak of Cold War. Uh, so it's huge. She's one of the best players of all time. She's uh, a huge proponent for LGBTQ rights because she herself is a lesbian. Um, so she knows all kinds of. So in this op ed, uh, what the, or the quote that I thought was most poignant about the whole thing was. Uh, it's difficult to know and debatable whether Miss Williams could have gotten away with calling the umpire a thief if she were a male player. But to focus on that, I think, is missing the point. If, in fact, the guys are treated with a different measuring stick for the same transgressions, this needs to be thoroughly examined and must be fixed. But we cannot measure ourselves by what we think should also be... Or, but we cannot measure ourselves by what we think we should also be able to get away with. In fact, this is the sort of behavior that no one should be engaging in on the court. There have been many times when I was playing that I wanted to break my racket into a thousand pieces. Then I thought of the kids watching, and I grudgingly held the racket, or I grudgingly held on to that racket, uh, which I think is exactly spot on. You know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the. I'm not gonna say maybe. Men are held to a different standard in tennis a lot of the time. Not by every umpire, not by every fan, but. It does happen quite a bit, but we can't hold ourselves to that. We can't say, oh, well, they can get away with it. Why can't I? Yep. We have to yep. be better. Everybody has to be better. Men, women, yeah. uh, white people, black people, doesn't yeah. matter. Not the, not us Asians. You know, we're, we're fine. We can do whatever we want. No, whatever. We outnumber you guys. Uh, but that's but. the thing is it's, it's harder to be better and to rise above it. It's, it's more difficult. Totally to go through that. So there's always going to be people who take that easy route out. But if you want to be this champion of minority rights, you have to be better. Yeah. You have to rise above those things. <laughs> you can't, you can't bully so, your ballot everything. Sports. Yeah, guys, we did a really yeah. good job of staying on topic tonight. We'll have to say. I have been, I've been uh, really firing that one up all day. Yeah. And yeah. All, all weekend. Because I, I knew we were going to talk about this, and I was like, I, like yesterday, I was just, like, even my mom called me and tried to talk to me about it. I was like, I can't talk about this. I'm sorry. Like, I got to save I, it all up for the pod. 
like it hurt me so emotionally to see Osaka because I've been watching her for so long now. You should have seen her at Indian Wells when she won, man. She was so happy. She was literally thanking every single person at the tournament. It was really, really innocent. I it wasn't my favorite speech I've ever heard, but she was literally going through like, I want to thank, uh, you know, the ball kids. I want to thank you guys. The fan. like, she was so happy, and now she's winning the U.S. Open. And just to see that, it it broke my heart, man. Like. That girl deserves so much better than what happened that day. But we just got a title, I guess. Well, and on that note, past my bedtime by about five minutes. You guys were watching that yeah, out of the corner I, of your eye. We're, we're, we're having a serious moment at one point, and I giggled because the game-winning interception, he dove into the end zone grabbing his nuts. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was like, I know we were talking about a serious, but I am laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs>